Hello, and welcome to uh, Crying in the Book Club, the hit new podcast where three emotional friends talk about comic books that make them emotional. I am Emily, your host for this evening, and I am here uh, with John Luke. Hello, John. Hi, hello. What's up, everybody? And Alex. Hi, Alex. Hello. Hi, uh, John Luke's. You can't see his video, but it kind of looks like he's in jail. Like below the ground, and there's like there's like the sun peering in, and it's like, but you know, he looks happy, and he's like, he's gonna get out of that jail, I think. So he got thrown in weed jail. No, I I I, I, I I'm I, I I throw people in weed jail, not the other way around. Yeah, I know they they caught you this episode. The weebs caught him. I weebs. well, it was like it was like a uh, internal affairs type thing where. They caught me reading a manga and said, <laughs> uh, well, there was like a lengthy investigation. Uh, we've been meaning to record this episode for three weeks. And in that time, I've been I've gone from a nice, comfortable home to a to a prison cell uh, for the crime of, of reading Battle Angel Alita, which, to be fair, I, I, I have to say, I like this book. It's still a crime to uh, consume manga or anime, and it should be treated <laughs> as such. I'm I'm just glad you got our Mountain Dew shipments in in prison, and you know, I'm glad they stopped they stopped breaking the mics we were sending you. So I appreciate uh, you sending good. those to me because I can't I can't do a podcast without um, at least one Mountain Dew. It it's what fuels me. It's in your contract. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're not a video podcast, but if we were, I you would see it on camera once every five minutes. Well, yeah, and I mean, Emily's hair is green. Uh, John Luke's drinking the Mountain Dew, because that is our sponsor for today's show, Mountain Dew. <laughs> uh, fuel the favor. You can probably pick it up at your local local mart, local local place of establishment. Uh, Jean-Luc, what's your Mountain Dew recommendation of the week? My Mountain Dew recommendation of the week. I've actually, you know, it's kind of basic, but I've actually been kind of on a Code Red kick lately. Um, I had a couple over the weekend, and then I went to go buy like a 12-pack of them yesterday. And I was planning on getting Code Red, but they only had the normal flavor and Diet Mountain Dew. So I went with the normal one. But honestly, I've been feeling the Code Red vibes a little bit. So not off the beaten paths, just like a standard flavor, but... I've well, never had uh, Mountain Dew Code Red. Can you describe how? to me what the taste is like? Um, so like, what it's is like the flavor? A, so I think a f- I don't know what the f- official flavor is. I assume it's it's like a it's like cherry. I guess I assume that's what the official flavor is too. But it's like a it's like a cherry Mountain Dew. You can still tell. You can still taste the the Mountain Dew below the cherry layer layer. But it is like a, a cherry soda. Interesting. Um, that's pretty good. So if you're, you know, into cherry sodas, as I am, being uh, from the cherry capital of the world, uh, fun fact. Is that, is that a thing? true? Yeah, that is that is true. Huh. A little fact about the the area of michigan i'm from it is known as the cherry capital of the world every year in july they have a cherry fest uh which is just like the equivalent of the state fair but it all the stuff is like cherry themed um there's little like novelty stores that sell cherry products like cherry salsa and cherry barbecue sauce and cherry salsa would be interesting it's actually it actually kind of goes 
You know, huh. I've had mango salsa, so I guess cherry salsa could be a thing. Yeah, it, it's one of those things that we always make fun of the uh, out-of-townies for, uh, the fudgies, uh, as we call them. Up in is, he allowed, is he allowed to say that on the podcast? I can, I can say that. Uh, it's, it's, we inv- I, my people invented that slur. I can, I can definitely say I that. don't think that's, well, okay. Well, now that I think about it, my people invented a lot of slurs that I don't say. So. But fudgy, I can. I, I'm allowed to call people fudgies. And, and it, but I, my point is it's a stereotype that like the cherry products are only like for fudgies and tourists who come in during the uh, summers. But actually a lot of the cherry products are quite, quite good. Hmm. Well, now that John Luke has doxxed himself, everyone, uh, we can all meet <laughs> up at the, at the cherry fest. I was going to say, it's like that, uh, you know, that, that game where you're like in a random part of the world and you get to figure out where it is. Geo-guesser. Geo-guesser. So you're, you're, it's like, it's like a, yeah, it's like Doc's guesser, you know? If you, you if you, you see cherries, look for John Luke. Yeah. I'm always saying that. It's true. Oh, yeah. I guess if you just Google search cherry capital of the world, the first thing that comes up is the name of the... It's is, fine. It's John Luke's house. <laughs> it's fine. I, mayor. I, I mean, I don't live there, and it's also not like a small... Like, people can know that's where I'm from. I that's think it would be I'm... very funny if you just bleeped out every time we said cherry, so nobody knows what kind of... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it could be any kind of like uh, novelty store. It could be any kind of festival. I'll uh, I'll I'll uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll edit this one. I'm gonna make a note. I'm gonna make a note. <laughs> okay, I actually I, I like that bit. Um, but enough about me. I I'm <laughs> enough about me. Now you listen to me talk about a comic book. Well, we, yeah, that's not about me. That's about the comic book. You didn't write Alita Battle Angel, or sorry, Battle Angel Alita. <laughs> Alex always always westernizing, although I guess okay. Battle Angel Alita is already a westernizing of it, and then Alita Battle Angel is, I don't know why they did that one. Actually, sometimes you just gotta double down. Well, yeah, I mean the reason they did that is so that it would be a successful movie, and they succeeded. The box office receipts, you know, rolled in. We're getting a sequel. It made uh, an Ali trillion dollars. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite measurement. <laughs> Uh, if only, if only we were getting a sequel to Battle Angel Alita. I saw Wait. something that said that there are talks about a sequel recently. Yeah, it was gonna, but... it was gonna be on HBO Max, and then they. Oh, you know, yeah! how that goes. <laughs> oh. Hopefully, by the time this episode comes out, that will be dated, and they'll be like, "No, we all we realized HBO Max is actually the only good streaming service." and yeah, all the content to it that made it so good. Hopefully, that sequel to the mediocre Scooby Doo movie gets made, or not made. I was really, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry for that. That happened to you, Alex. I, I know you were looking forward to that. The best, the best ten minutes of their movie are when they're kids and when Velma's like, "I'm dressed up as Ruth Bader Ginsburg for Halloween," <laughs> and it's like, "Well, why are you dressed up as a witch? I don't understand." I'm kidding. <laughs> she's dead, but she's still doing damage. So. Really? She's dead? Ah. Oh, breaking just, news. Breaking news. We record this podcast really far ahead of time. <laughs> That's a, yeah. If you guys, uh, sorry to derail this again. Uh, have you guys <laughs> seen the video of Trump finding about, out about the uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg dying? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I have to save that for after the show now. Okay. Um, I hope we finish the show really soon. It's, it's, 
it's it's really fun. Okay, I can find it now if you want. No, no, it's okay. No, it's no. Your job no. As an it'll be a treat for please, you'll just. Look, stop typing. Open. Hands, hands, where I can see them, please. <laughs> oh, he just okay. You're in jail. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. When you do that, it makes you look like a red panda. Because they do the. Because they do that when they get alarmed. Oh, do they? Yeah. Didn't you watch Even... Turning Red? Oh, I yeah, did. But I like stopped paying attention like half an hour. Oh. I didn't remember that. Yes. Yeah, there's, there's a scene where where she does that, but that it's because that's a thing that like red pandas do when they're startled in real life. I, I was probably playing Pokemon at the time. You were probably playing. Pokemon. That's fair. I just remember the bombing the bombing song in it, but. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember the song. But, but I, speaking of songs, the best part of this video that I'm about to put in the chat is the song that plays in the background. But anyway, we'll have to we, we have to talk about uh, Battle Angel Alita and not go on my. We do. Uh, the series is known as Ganmu in Japanese. It means gun dream. But uh, when they brought it over to uh, the English speaking world, they decided to rename it battle angel alita which is a little a little snappier of a title uh a little more something that's going to make you look go like oh what's that i want to know what that's about uh it's a japanese do you think so do you, do you think that that's a successful renaming i i mean yeah i mean i think it's a cool name okay. like i don't know do you disagree no I, I i just think that gun dream sounds way cooler I mean, yeah, but it also, I don't know, uh, it's very vague. It yeah. Is, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. And it's not like, it's not like it literally means gun dream. It's like they took the characters for gun and dream and mashed it together to make the title. Mm, Japanese yeah. is kind of weird. Because it's like the body and then the Alita. Yeah. <laughs> Just like that, uh, Alex. Thanks, Emily. <laughs> the Japanese uh, language is just like uh, building. Just like us, John Luke, but different. <laughs> <laughs> Battle yeah. Angel Alita is a cyberpunk manga created by Yukito Kishiro. Uh, Alita was originally a female cyborg police officer named Galley in an unpublished comic called Rainmaker. Uh, Alita is still called Galley in the Japanese version of uh, the story, as well as in several other language uh, versions uh, of the manga. Uh, publishers at Shueisha liked her uh, so much that they asked Kishiro to make a new story with her as the main character. After he had come up with the plot for a storyline, he was commissioned to make it a long-running series. Uh, it was originally published in Shueisha's Business Jump magazine from 1990 to 1995. Uh, the second of the comic's nine volumes was adapted in 1993 into a two-part anime original video animation, or OVA, titled Battle Angel for North American release by ADB Films, and uh, the UK and Australian release by Manga Entertainment uh, Manga Entertainment also dubbed Battle Angel Alita into English. Uh, fun fact about the the OVA is that because it was released by ADB Films, it shared some 
English dub voice actors with a little-known uh, project called Neon Genesis Evangelion. Never heard oh, of it. Oh, the other uh, anime I like. The, no, just, uh, just the other anime, Jean-Luc. The Is voice of Ray uh, did the voice of Gally, or uh, Alita, uh, and the voice of Shinji was the voice of Yugo. So. Mm. I kind of, like, sort of fits i was just like minding my own business watching this ova and suddenly i hear shinji's <laughs> voice and i'm like wait a minute i know that <laughs> so uh yeah i i quite enjoyed the ova do you know uh, if um was the was the did the ova get released in north america before a translation of the manga did I believe so because it uses the it uses the name Galley uh, even in the English dub. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Yeah. So um, Alita is nowhere to be found as a name in the even in the English dub. So I imagine it was brought over here before the the English translation of the manga. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I don't uh, have anything interesting to say about that. I was just curious. Yeah. No. Huh. Um, and a live action film adaptation titled Alita Battle Angel was released on February 14th, 2019. Yeah. Valentine's Day. That was um, the movie I saw alone that year on Valentine's Day. I'm sad. I'm, I'm sad I didn't see that in theaters. It's you a, didn't see it in theaters? No, I saw it months, maybe a year later. Okay. I convince him that it was worth going at the time. This movie, by the way, for people who may not know, uh, huge favorite of the old iteration of this podcast. I mean, it's a good movie. Like, I rewatched it literally right before we started recording, and, like, it still holds up. Like, I don't know that I like some... I, I still have some issues with it, but, like, it, you know, it's still, like, a good movie. It's probably one yeah. of the if not the best anime live action adaptation that I've seen. I mean, it's not, it's competition isn't exactly steep, right? <laughs> no, not at all. Dragon Ball Revolution? Was that what it was? Uh, Dragon, Dragon Ball... Ball Evolution, I think. Evolution, yes. Um, and Sonic the Hedgehog, the other anime. Well, that's more of a video game adaptation than... Uh, Mugger anime. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, the series is set in the post-apocalyptic future and focuses on Alita, a female cyborg who has lost all memories and is found in a junkyard by the cyberne- by a cybernetics doctor who rebuilds and takes care of her. She discovers that there is one thing she does remember: the legendary cyborg martial art Panzerkunst which leads her to becoming a hunter-warrior bounty hunter, as well as an accomplished athlete in the sport of motorball. The story traces Alita's attempts to rediscover her past and the characters whose lives she impacts on her journey. Uh, We only read volumes one through four for this episode. There are nine volumes total, so we read almost half of uh the the original story there's a couple of sequel stories and like a a video game that also continued the plot there's a but video was, game? 
Uh, it was never officially released in English. Uh, oh, that sucks. I'm, there might be... I don't know if there's a fan translation or not. Uh, I'm not. Know. There must be. There must be, right? I mean, yeah. Elite is fairly popular, or at least I'm under the impression it is as an outsider. It's, it's well regarded. I don't know, like... You know, popularity is kind of complicated, but, like, it's well-liked. I just don't know, okay. uh, you know, I didn't look to see if there's an English uh, fan translation. I hope there it is. It's very rude to end this on uh, Volume 4. <laughs> yeah? That's all I'll say. Hey, I, we'll I wanted to that. do online. I was No, no, like, I think, I think it's a good... Like, it's, did you, you want to do online? I did. I, I When we initially were talking about it, I said we should do all nine. But then I said we can do four. Okay, well, because I thought four was a good ending point. I would have read it is, all no, nine. <laughs> I mean, I, I will. I, I, I will oh, now, but, but I but, but I stopped at four, so I don't know what happens after that. I haven't read uh, uh, past four, which is, I mean, it's interesting, and maybe maybe you'll get to this later. So I'm hopping Ooh. ahead, but uh, uh, watching the movie first, and then going going into the into the manga yeah. and being like, you know, the motorball happens a lot sooner in the in, in the in the movie. <laughs> but they just like yeah. bring it up there and it's kinda cool to have it, you know, have some space and be its own thing. Yeah. It's motorball motorball fucking rules. Oh my god. Yeah. It's the, motorball is cool. The live action movie does a lot of restructuring of the plot, uh and like kind of slimming down stuff that takes place primarily in the first volume in order to get to motorball because it rules. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I remember really liking it in the movie too. Did did it translate well? The the, the motorball stuff. The I thought it did fairly well. Like mm. I, you know, I enjoyed the motorball scenes in the movie. Like I really like the motorball scenes in the book. We'll get we'll get there. But uh, yeah, I thought the movie like it was you know it was sort of a like this is probably the best they could have done uh, for live action. IMO. Yeah. It's one of the, the few movies from the last, I don't know, I'd say 10 or 20 years that actually has CG that looks good. Yeah. Or at least in the context of the movie, like, tonally fits. Like, it's mm. not, I mean, it's it's there's definitely places where it's rough and it, it comes across as, like, a little cheesy sometimes, but I think that works. Well, there's and just so the, much of it. You kind of have to cut yeah. corners somewhere. Right, and, and, and for the most part, like, I think, probably because so much of it is cg like a lot of it does it looks like it, it's well integrated into the world right like mm -hmm. they, they do yeah. a good job of i feel like, like uh, you know seem like place similarly an adaptation in a film that you know i love speed racer like does a really good job and i know i i know you're not a fan of the visuals of speed racer jean-luc um but I, I think well, in terms the visuals of like, are pretty far from my biggest problems with speed racer <laughs> we'll talk about that some other time yeah, we'll we'll get there. We're not going to get there, but but, in the, but in terms of an adaptation too, I think Speed Racer does a really good job because uh, the Speed Racer comics are great. <laughs> fans <laughs> fans of our show, <laughs> listeners couldn't couldn't see the the gesture, but uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, besides renaming Galley to Alita, older North American versions of the manga also changed the city of Salem meaning oppressor in Arabic and Persian, to uh, Tiferes after Tiferet, the sixth Sephira in the Kabbalistic Tree of Life. I don't know what any of those words mean. I got that off the internet, so I'm sorry if I did not say some of them correctly. 
uh, more recent versions of the manga have reverted the city's name back to Salem. Uh, I'm pretty on sure. What, is depending it on what version of the... Oh, uh, I don't know how it's pronounced. Okay. Hmm. How did so you think it's pronounced? Well, because the, well, the, it comes... Well, there's a there's an, an Arabic name that's Salem with an S that's uh-huh. typically pronounced that way. Uh, so maybe it's Salem. Yeah. If, if it's based on, yeah, Arabic Persian. That, yeah, that makes more sense. Um, yeah, I depending on what version of the manga you guys read, I know mine uh, had it back as Zalem mine and not too. the other. Yeah, the mine other did. Name. No, actually, no, mine had the old name. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when you when you guys read it, was it a was it a right to left or was it left to right? Um, it was uh, right to left the way manga yeah, normally it- is. Yeah, because the, the website I read it on, I just googled like read Alita. Oh. It was left to right. They like flipped it over for like my my non manga reading brain. I, I wish that they that there was a version like that because it was really it was it was really hard for me to like. Yeah, I I was like I was reading it because the whole thing's on Comicsology Unlimited. So I was reading it in Comicsology, and I was constantly I swiping it. the wrong way. Like I would swipe <laughs> backwards <laughs> to like the, and read like the previous page. And I would read panels out of order, which is just like because I don't read any manga outside of like when we do yeah. it for, for the show. Yeah, I have that problem sometimes when I'm like reading either like one or the other, and then I switch to either a manga or like a, a regular comic book, and I have to like mm. reteach myself uh, which direction to read and swipe. Yeah, yeah. I like the first the first uh, story that I read. I was very confused because I was reading it. I was reading it right to left, mm-hmm. but it was flipped, and I was like, "This is yeah. really weird." Like dialogue that it's like flipped. Because <laughs> I'm expecting to read a manga, and it's like, "Okay, I've got to read it right to left," and it was like, not "It must be left. an older translation." I remember, like, or not like I remember necessarily, but I am aware that uh, there was a period, a brief period of time in uh, manga importing and translation where uh publishers decided to reorient the pages to make it easier on american viewers but then i think it was tokyo pop actually who may have come in and pioneered like just publishing it right to left the way that it comes just translating it into english it was under the like they said it was about authenticity, but uh, it was also about it is much cheaper than having <laughs> to to flip everything and make sure everything looks right when it's flipped. Yeah, because when they translate English works into other languages, they do reorient it. Like, mm-hmm. I know that like in English oh, works, you get translated to Arabic, like it would always be reoriented to to fit the to be read the other way. Even mm. like comics or yeah. okay, huh? Not that there's very many comics that end up getting translated into Arabic. I think there's yeah. more now, but yeah, even even comics like when I was okay. living overseas, like cool. all of the imported like, U.S. comics that had been translated were uh, right to left. Yeah, I didn't actually know that. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I think so. I wish that they. Did that for American English versions of, of of manga, to be honest, because my brain is. Dumb. They did. Read my link. Read my link. <laughs> Unfortunately, I've been suckered into like I prefer to read it right to left because that's how it's originally drawn. Yeah, that's oh, sure. no, that's fair. It pro- you probably lose something in the visual language, like reading it the other way. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm not sure if some of the scenes were just like a bit cluttered or, but like there were, I don't know, I didn't some really notice it being. Yeah, like I, there, there was, there were still some like breathtaking scenes that like flowed nicely. So I like. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, after that first five minute brain destruction that went on, I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> All good. Yeah. Um, we have, I wrote up like a, I don't know if we want to go through this cast of characters that I put in the, the Google Doc would. We'll get to them naturally as we okay. talk through it. Okay. So. I didn't read it, so this is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I'm basing yeah, everything I, I know off of Emily's plot summary and character bios. The like the basic uh, structure of like the story throughout these first four volumes is that uh, Ido finds Alita, and then uh, she finds out that Ido is secretly a uh, Ido is the uh, I guess I will introduce him. Uh, Ido is the cybernetics physician who lives in the scrapyard. Uh, he he finds Alita in the Zalem dumping grounds and uh, outfits her with a cybernetic body. Uh, Alita discovers that he moonlights as a bounty hunter and decides that she wants to join him. Uh, so she does that. And uh, eventually we learn that uh, Ido originally comes from Zalem. So uh, that's interesting. Uh, <laughs> yeah what <laughs> nothing um definitely not that uh i assume alex changed yugo's name in the dog tv oh. <laughs> yeah we did it <laughs> king of games <laughs> Anyway, um, so Alita, like in her bounty hunter era, she meets this guy named Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm in my bounty hunter era. Uh, in, while she's in her bounty hunter era, she meets this kid named Yugo, who, like, I guess is about her age. That's, I guess, because she's a robot. Like, she could, you know, she's probably been around for much longer. Uh, yeah, when her actual age is revealed, this becomes very problematic. <laughs> there's some they, problematic stuff they, already but they're like uh they they have like a little romance and uh then uh and you go his whole thing is he like really wants to go to zalem or zalem so uh he like has teamed up with this guy who says that he will send you go to zalem for like a bunch of money and then uh when they get the money uh the guy's like jk that's not happening so uh <laughs> Yugo tries to get to salem uh by climbing up the big uh like anchors yeah, that keeps the oh, and yeah, it's a floating city in the sky. Yeah, Zellum is a floating yeah. city in the sky, so it has these like big tube wire things that go up or go down from the city uh, onto the earth. And Hugo decides he's going to get to Zellum by climbing up one of these things, uh, but he doesn't know that it has a device that uh, will. It's a security device that basically is to keep uh, people from getting up there. Uh, he dies. She, uh, Alita is traumatized by this. So she runs off to go find herself through the sport of motorball. Yeah. I skipped over. Uh, 
She faces against a couple of uh, bad dudes before before uh, she like before Yugo dies and she runs off. One of them is Makaku. Uh, he is a powerful cyborg who is addicted to endorphins. Uh, he has a bounty placed on him, but is so powerful that no one uh, no one has tried to take him down. Uh, and then Zapan, uh, who is a bounty hunter who uh, becomes uh, embittered against Alita after she calls into question his bravery in front of uh, all the other bounty hunters at uh, the bar that they go to, which is just called Kansas. It's a bar for bounty hunters and they call it Kansas for some reason. Um but she uh, defeats him and uh, a bunch of other bounty hunters in like a big bar brawl. And it's uh, pretty cool. Uh, and then while she's uh, doing motorball, she uh, goes up against this guy, Jashugan, who is like the big, big head honcho of motorball. Uh they instead she has like a like a really like angry hatred relationship uh with a lot of the other villains that she comes up against but she and Joshagon are more like like actual rivals who kind of like respect each other uh and we also meet uh Joshagon's younger sister uh Shimira who is uh, kind of naive and becomes friends with Ido uh and uh, Alita's uh, manager, Ed, who used to be a motorball player, uh, but something happened. So now he is trying to live vicariously through Alita. And, Me too. Uh, I believe around, it's been, uh, <laughs> it's been a week since I finished volume four. Um, so I don't exactly remember what, what last point the, <laughs> the manga uh finishes on it's it's when it ends when like a little like smokes him and it ends on that panel of uh ito calling himself a god in the stands for orchestrating the the final battle between uh jishugan and and alita yeah but yeah so yeah that's uh that's the first four volumes of battle angel alita battle angel alita and that's it that's the first that's everything it doesn't I mean, go on after that. It just ends. That's, I said that's the first four volumes. <laughs> and I'm saying anyway. that's that's the end for for our purposes. So, um, um, had you guys heard of Battle Angel Alita before the movie came out? No, I didn't think so. Well, I mean, yeah, and I guess the first time I noticed it was at my local Cineplex movie theater, and it was just a giant poster of uh, Alita. And she had the big, the big sort of eyes, and I was like, "Oh, that's kind of like, that's kind of interesting. It's kind of like striking." It's actually funny because everyone critiqued the movie for like her being the only character with the anime eyes, but in the manga, she's also the only. She has much larger like anime eyes than I... all the other characters. It's like a very faith. It's it. It feels very faithful to the comic to give her the the, the bug eyes in the movie. I look. I'm going to say that I still think that giving her those big eyes was like the dumbest decision in the movie. Like, I do not think there's anything in them. Like, even though she has like slightly bigger eyes, uh, or like 
like even if she has slightly bigger eyes like she's like uh an ingenue in a manga like she's gonna have slightly larger eyes because that makes her cute like yeah i don't i don't feel like there's anything in the story that like would lead me to believe that she has unnaturally larger eyes than any of the other characters i just think it's unfortunate that the eyes became such a big thing that it might have affected the box office of it which is like a uh, weird yeah, thing to maybe. say like it became like a oh yeah that alita movie oh look at those big eyes like oh my gosh i will that? admit when you when i watch the movie like they don't bother me as much as they did when i was just seeing them in promotional material but like i still think it was a bad and dumb decision and like i don't think it was necessary <laughs> i mean it's not necessary i, I think it's fine it, it gives her like a like I mean, it's literally like she's like wide-eyed experiencing the world yeah. for the first time. Like, there's a very like on the nose, like metaphorical component to it. I, I mm-hmm. think that like the movie does a good enough. The movie and the comic both do a good enough job of um, getting that point across with without the the visual indicator of it. But I think it does serve a role. Um, I think it's kind I, of charming I, in the movie. Yeah, I, I honestly it's think it gives this. I was going to say the same thing. Like, I think it gives the movie like a, a charm. It sets it apart from other stuff visually. I don't know. I, it really, I really don't, I really disliked that it became such a big thing. Cause it d- did not bother me at all. Like watching the movie. I, yeah. Like yeah. I didn't like it when I saw like, when I it, like stuff first started coming out about it, but like, doesn't yeah. bother me actually watching the movie except for like, just on like a, on like a foundational level, uh, sure. on a fundamental sure. level, I think they shouldn't have done it. But that's fair. Yeah, uh, that's fair. I mean, it's yeah. Uh, I mean, like I said, didn't bother me. I watching the at movie that point is just that, like, an, a difference in taste. Yeah, yeah. It's the like the thing that made me want to read these comics was watching the movie, mm-hmm. and I just put it. It's the same thing we talked about, like for a couple different books on, on that we've done on this show, is that it's given me it gave me an excuse to finally actually read them, and I'm really glad yeah. I finally did because I love that movie. And yeah, I think the movie does were... a pretty good job of like condensing the. I, it's like the yeah. first two, three volumes ish. Yeah. Uh, restructured slightly yeah yeah um i think there's something oh go ahead alex no i just like it kind of is four volumes i feel like because like they just do all of the i I mean i guess it would depend on what the next movie well they're just sort of like lifting stuff from various places and i know that they were incorporating stuff that's from even like later down in the story as like oh interesting foreshadowing for like they they put in a lot more about uh alita's like like where her body comes from yeah like where where she comes from and stuff like that yeah which which that does come up in the comics later on but we don't it's but it is interesting that it takes like basically volumes one and two and three and four and like sort of overlays them over each other because like the 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 movie sort of has a dual climax with the uh like the rollerball thing with with her in the rollerball arena and Mm -hmm. the um like the final showdown between her and Zapan with uh, after Yugo dies. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's like, an, it's an interesting choice. And I think in some ways it's a good choice because volume one, I, I really like um, Makaku. That's the name of the, the first person, mm-hmm. the, the first like major villain. I like him I a find lot too. Him, I, yeah. I find him to be a super compelling villain and also like a very good, um, 
a very good lens for like, like to like immediately start getting into. I mean, it's a very this is a very classic like cyberpunk theme, but like the idea that like he is able to he he frees himself through like having other bodies, and that the thing that like like because his backstory is that he was like abandoned in the basically like in the literal sewers. Like this movie has no or the, 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 this book has no subtext. Like everything is like incredibly literal, which I think mm-hmm. is totally fine. Like I. I, I have fun, I have fun with stuff like that, but like he's he lives in the literal gutters. That's um, a metaphor. And, yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it, yeah, kind of. Um, and then like gets very badly beaten and be, basically becomes this like little this little head with a tail that can take over other bodies. Which visually is just so cool and so creepy how it like it just like attaches inside. And, like he's so freaky looking a lot of the time. Yeah. It's so good. That scene where he takes over the second after Alita beats him the first time and he takes over the second body is like genuinely very disturbing, mm-hmm. um, in a way that I that is that I find really compelling. I mean, I, I love like that sort of body horror shit, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but his whole philosophy of like the like being able to like change body and obviously like I'm not saying that this he's like a, a per, he, that you should like read him as a protagonist or anything because obviously what he's doing by stealing other people's bodies is immensely fucked up but the way that he like sees it as a, as a form of like liberation for himself and then that, that's something that like alita comes back to later on in the story i think is like, like in in like when she starts doing the rollerball thing after she gets away after yugo dies at the end of volume two um I, and, and then that just sort of builds going forward from there. And I think that like the way that it's established with Makaku up front is really, really good. I, I do think the rest of volume volume one in particular is like kind of rough. And which is my original point was that the, I think the movie does a really good job of taking the parts of it that are interesting. Like the sort of suspense around who you, uh, Ido really is. Um, and actually like builds on that more than, the first volume, which feels very, it, it, it feels really rushed in some points. Like there's like some conflict of, between Ido and Alita and like Ido's like two pages later, like, Oh no, she, I, she can do whatever she wants. I don't care. Um, he has like a moment of realization. Where he's, it's, it's yeah. like, he's walking down the street. He's like, wait a minute. She's a, she's a person who has well, thoughts. And I imagine yeah. that comes from like being published serially and just sort mm-hmm. of like, you know, like the oh, story sure. is coming up as, you know, coming up with the story as you're going along and like having to have conflict in one chapter so that you can resolve it in the, in the next chapter, stuff like that. For sure. Yeah, it, it yeah. reads I mean, much differently when you're like reading it in like big chunks but that's a that's a good point like it, it's the kind of thing where like if you like if you end the issue and then a month later you get the new issue or i don't know if this was if manga is usually not published monthly right it's on a much quicker schedule typically um it may have even been weekly but i don't know right. this manga is really detailed i would have to i'll look real quick. yeah some of the issues yeah. are and then some of them are like like it, I'm not sure if it's a different artist. I actually didn't check, but there's somewhere like it's like striking how much time they have into it and like the settings and like the thick lines. And some of them are very loose and stuff. There's a lot of whiplash between like you'll go like within the same volume from like scenes that have like no back. It's just like the characters on a like totally white black background, mm-hmm. and then you like flip two pages and it'll be this like super intricate detailed of like a, of a street with like crowds of people in it and like a, ve- a couple vehicles and all the buildings are like fully detailed 
Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's, it's, which, it's like the same as like animation where like if you have a big fight scene one one episode, the next episode is going to be like a lot of talking or whatever. Like <laughs> you know, it's, it's the budget you're working with. It's just yeah. it's, it's, it's cool to see how it's used in different uh, different mediums, too. I uh, don't know that I can find like how often it was published. That's fine. I most, mostly I can only find info on uh, like the publishing of the like volumes, but instead oh, of the, like sure. the, the magazine published. Going publishing. into a, so I think Jean-Luc's, I knew that Jean-Luc t- thought that the first volume was uh, worse than the other ones going into it. And um, going into it, I was like, oh, yeah, like it's pretty good. And then like volume two and three and four hit. I'm like, wow, okay, yeah, that is the worst volume. It's like it's something where I was like, I enjoyed it enough. And you read the other ones, and it's like, yeah, it's it just gets so much better and more interesting. Yeah, I actually um, really like the first volume, but I get why. Like in comparison, the the other volumes, like things pick up and are a lot like quicker, and I think are you know just it, it seems like the series got into its groove better. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also because I saw the movie before, so I like remembered the opening and stuff like that, and I thought it handled it in like a really, really cool way. And like, yeah, it is a long movie, but uh, it kind of moves it yeah. quite fast. But... Yeah, um, I mean, as soon as they get into volume two, I think it like really picks up. Also, mm-hmm. I like the like intro- introducing like other background characters that are not like just villains is not is a good change of pace in volume two as well. Yeah. It's like just Ido and Alita in volume one, basically. And then Makaku, but he's like, he, he, he's the villain. But introducing like another character for Alita to actually like interact with in a way that isn't fighting is, is, is mm-hmm. like makes a big difference. Even if I think like Yugo kind of sucks. I um, don't like Yugo. We'll yeah, I don't I, like you. I don't really, oh, yeah, you don't like the guy who like uh, steals, who ambushes uh, well-meaning people and rips the spines out of their backs and sells Jean-Luc, them. Jean-Luc, Jean-Luc, he doesn't kill them. He doesn't kill them. He that's okay. Worse. A, I think that's only in the movie that he says that. Um, in the manga, I mean, he takes their spines, so like he is effectively killing them. There's no, but there's a line where like because his his manager guy like kills someone, and he's like, "Why would you do that? You don't have to kill them." Like yeah. they're okay, yeah. He, he's, he's he's like, "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh," and it's like, "Dude, you're ripping a spine out. What do you think's gonna happen?" Like, okay, yeah, I it's been a hot minute since I read volume two or whatever. Yeah, the first time you see it happen when you don't know that it's Hugo doing it. There's like this great shot at the end of it of the guy just like trying to crawl without his spine, but his like the like his head and his torso are like disconnected from from his legs. It's mm-hmm. I mean it's weird because this isn't a horror. It's not a horror book, but there are like a lot of like really grisly sh- like oh yeah animals in it. You can tell that there's like definitely a horror inspiration to it. Like there's that scene where like the when, again like still in volume one and two like when Mukaku like just like plucks the guy, the top of the guy's, the one guy's scalp off and eats his brain. It's like, there's so much good shit in it. And it all just looks amazing. Like it's the kind of thing where I'm, I would much rather like if, if it was like an opportunity cost type of thing, I'm glad that like they made the decision to like show all that grisly stuff rather than like filling in the backgrounds or whatever. Cause all of that just like sets the tone and it sets like the thread up. So good. And, uh, and I think it like, it, you know, it, not that you really, I mean, you, you do need weight on like, hey, you know, this, there's this city that's like impoverished and people aren't like, you know, struggling all the time. And there's these people up here who maybe they're affluent and stuff like that. It seems to be. I don't know. I haven't got there yet because fucking volume four. We still don't know. I watched the movie. They didn't tell me. I read the manga. They don't tell me. Whatever. Um, 
but you know having that like people just like dying in the streets and having like their brains popped out i think it really sets the tone well that like oh shit like this is this is this is for real and like very violent and like very dangerous as opposed to like yeah. i think if they toned that down it would have taken away from it a lot mm-hmm. yeah and it, it really establishes up front like the sort of socio-political landscape as well that there is like no government there's no like there's no state like you get the sense that things are being like like uh even Zalem is like self-sufficient right there's that line where vector says that like they're just now starting to like have to produce things to send up to to Zalem. Mm-hmm. So like you get the sense that like there is obviously a hierarchy, but there is no like there are no state functions at, at no, all. It's, it, it's, it's, it's all bounty hunters. Yeah, they explicitly right? say that the there used to be police, but then that has been replaced by just bounty hunters. Yeah, which again, cl- a classic cyberpunk theme of like, or not even a, well, I mean, I guess theme is is it works, but of you know. Secure, like public security being replaced by private, like totally privatized security that you know acts on their own whim. And I mean, that's that's a great that's a great thing. Like you, you, one of you mentioned this. I think it was it was you, Emily, that like Mukaku has been like rampaging through the city, basically killing people for years. I get the, get the sense, but like the the bounty hunters are just like, eh, not my problem. Mm-hmm. Which, to be fair, like c- cops also will do stuff like that, where it'll be like, "Oh yeah, no, not I'm not worried about." No. There's a guy shooting up a, an elementary school. I'm gonna sit out here and just hang out with my mm-hmm. 400 best Hi- friends. Hypothetically, but, hypothetically, I, yeah, that that didn't happen in reality, obviously. No. So, but but it but I mean it, it is like the of the much more like direct uh, metaphor of like when you totally leave this up to you know when you leave it up to it, it, it is like a pure like anarcho capitalist like society because everything is left up to the profit motive of like mm-hmm. the, the 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 hunter warriors like only evaluate things except for alita who who seems to actually have a moral code and a sense of justice um it's like solely like okay what is going to pay me the most and and will i die is it worth risk like it's, it's a whole total risk reward we're like yeah that guy's killed like mm-hmm. 500 people i'm not gonna like i can get someone else it's fine yeah yeah no, it's uh, it's a it 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 doesn't in the in, at least in the the initially it doesn't like delve so much in the specifics of that, but there's so much of that like going on in the background of the story that there's like it's such a rich text in the sense that like so much happens. There's a lot to like to to delve into that happens like on the page, and it implies so much about like the way that the rest of the the machinations of the rest of the world. Um, that like I mean, there's that scene where like I think it's Ido is or no it's it's alita who's like bleeding out and dying in the phone booth and like no one's doing anything like everyone's just like stepping over her body it's like um you know it's it's just stuff like that where it's like wow this is a total collapse of of (laughs) any like social structures at all Mm um but yeah i like all Uh, that stuff did you guys have uh, a favorite character heck yeah yeah. Do you, do you want to tell me who it is? You guys want to know? <laughs> I do. I want to know. More is than it anything. Yugo? No, he's my second favorite character. <laughs> uh, it's 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 good old Shane of the Second Eagle, the old slow, oh, slow, the, the slow competitor who's just like, I'm in last place, and then he, fantastic background character. 
I love that arc that, like Alita like puts together a crack team of motorballers to take down <laughs> to, take, so good. to take down the, the her rival and it includes this guy who like sucks. He's like slow and impenetrable, which isn't good in motorball, which is like a fast paced like race game. But he's like he's he, he somehow made it to the second tier and I guess he can't get relegated unless he dies and he won't die. And so they're like, Fuck Teagle, all right, you can still go. Uh yeah there's a moment in here where he wins a race because everyone yeah. else either like it's dies so good. And, like the ball gets reset and he's like yay it's <laughs> so good i literally like cheered when i read that yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's fucking awesome and then everyone riots because they lost all their money yeah eagle won. <laughs> because who would have bet on him no one would have bet on him there okay. was probably one guy who got like extraordinarily rich off of that. Oh yeah, he's just like the the, the one like Teagle dead ender. Like, <laughs> what if I just bet on him for fun? It's like the Dogecoin guys. Like, that's <laughs> not a serious investment. I just and then it, it paid off. Damn. What about you, John? Um, I I don't know that I necessarily have a favorite character. Um, I really like they're like I don't I don't know I I think uh, Mukaku is someone who was who was a, a favorite of mine. I kind of already talked about him, um, but I really like uh, I, I also really like the jo- Joshugan. Is that how you, you pronounced it? I think I'm so. Just, I'm really glad that you were the one who said the all the names first, so that I can just if I pronounce them wrong, it's your fault now. Joshugan, um, I think like Bakugan. But I. I yeah, I, I like him. I like Zapana. I, I do tend to like the villains a lot because I think they have, like, compelling perspectives on, uh, like, on, on the events that are unfolding. Because, uh, like, Alita is a, is, is a great protagonist because she is, like, sort of bright-eyed and bushy-tailed at the beginning. And even when she, like, goes through her emo arc after Yugo dies <laughs> in Flames 3 and After 4, the band broke up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's still, like... She still has like that naivete to her. Just takes on a different, like it's it's just framed differently. It, it, it turns from you know wonder and excitement about the world into just like being stubborn and withdrawn. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still a very like simple understanding of the world that I think really evolves over over the, the motorball arc. Um, yeah, but I, I find the villains like have like a much more compelling perspective on the world than she does. Um, I mean, Zapon, like, there's, like, this layer of it that is just, like, a pure, like, revenge story for him. Like, he wants to get back at her for uh, basically humiliating her in front of all the Hermes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's such, like, a skin deep, like, ah, I got embarrassed. But he also is, like, but he also is, like, is em- but he's also, like, emblematic of, like, the kinds of person that would become a hunter warrior, right? Like, oh, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's it's like there's like a compelling distinction between him and and a, like him and Alita, like are like they're I, I'm blanking on the the word that I was yeah. looking for, but they the, the way that they're like or... no 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 it was a not an Alita word it was a, they're taking a, the same role but a normal doing English words that Boils? I just forgot yeah Video? that's. That's not exactly what I was going for, but yes, that is that is the word that that works. Um, but ideologically, they're just so like at odds with one another. They're like perfect foils for one another in the sense that like she, I mean, she, her motivation for becoming a hunter warrior sort of changes into like helping Yugo get enough money to get to to Zalem. But she she like has like this very like 
black and white sense of justice and right and wrong. And she like feels like she's carrying out justice through being a hunter warrior. And he is just like all about like it's glory. The chicks dig it. Uh, not Alita, unfortunately, <laughs> but you know, um, and I find that compelling and I find Joshu Yarn compelling too. Like just the different reasons that they have for like going into the, in the motorball, um, I think is interesting. Um, and makes him a good rival for her. Also, the fact that he like owns her so bad for a while, like he kicks her ass a bunch of times. He like owns her in the in the arm wrestling thing, and then he's like, "But if we continued, I would have lost." And I'm like, Ooh. "Yeah, I oh, I love that moment." <laughs> and, like that, he walks away, and he he like, he reveal he does the reveal. I also yeah. just love that scene. Like, I love the like shit heel turn that Ito does in Volume Three too. Oh like, yeah, it's, it's like, really fun. It's so, it's so fun. It's like, like a little like a little creepy. Yeah, like, it's I, very crazy. Like, yeah, I have some. I was not a fan. But... Thoughts about Ito, unfor- like the way that they characterize Ito in some of the the book. Yeah, uh, Emily, he... who's your favorite? Sorry, <laughs> character. My favorite, I mean, like, I really like Alita a lot. Like, I think she's just, like, I think she's just, like, the cutest, and she's so sweet and earnest, and, like, I just really, like, want to see her succeed and, like, find out her mysterious past and kick ass in Motorball, and she's just, like, I, I just, like smile when i like see her on the page because her character design is so cute um <laughs> but i also really like shumira uh Jajigan's sister um because i love a i love a, a ditzy well-meaning bimbo type character <laughs> sure. she has so much love and so little brain cell great combination yeah, yeah. What was she's, the, uh, she's fun. Yeah. What, what was the name of the guy who Alita gets his number? Oh, like the ninety nine number from? Because oh, yeah. I, um, I I liked him where they like they have like a street battle for the number. Yeah, it was. Pretty and then good. like he wins the first one, she wins the second, and he's like, now she wins. She, like the third one, she would have won. And they're like, they get this like respect going on, and it's yeah. like, fun. I forgot to mention him. And then he he ends up on the on the team that she puts together, right? That with uh, yeah, I think Kiva. so. I think becomes so. a homie. Um, Are you looking it up? He, I, I, yeah, I was just, I was flipping through the comic, seeing if I could, uh, seeing if I could find it quickly. But um, I love that panel where they introduce him to, where he's just like, he he rides in and he's he like produces so much smoke behind him. It looks like he's like coming out of a fire. It's pretty sick. Idakati, that's his name. Yeah. The the ninety nine guy. Yeah, yeah. Nice. He's got a sick look too. Like he looks like he could be from like one of the Sith at Knights of the Old Republic too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got that. He's a, like a sick mask. Um, yeah. Constantly, like so many shots of him, like just looking up at him in awe as if he's. Mm-hmm. Which because it's also funny that like Alita is consistent, constantly like so short. And all the other, she's like, so all the small. other, she's so small, and like every right. other character is like disproportionately like humongous. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 lots of fun. And the, speaking of like background characters slash members of her team, 
there's the guy the arm killer guy who just like people offer him the arms and he like cuts them off and puts them on his horns and just like oh yeah really good oh fantastic scene where the guy's like he took my arms yay and it's like oh dude you're bleeding <laughs> out you're not you're not gonna make it um i mean that's one of the cool things is like it's there's a lot of um a lot of cyberpunk fiction that like when it comes to like androids and cyborgs and like transhumanism is like very coy about like body modifications and stuff like that and alita's almost the exact opposite in terms of like everyone is just like constantly taking things off of their body and re- replacing it with other stuff and uh mm-hmm. like they they, they give job like when they introduce jashugan and the um in like him and rollerball like they give him a handicap where it's like yeah you just get one arm you're, like he's just so elite that like they have to take one of his arms off as a, as a handicap and i love stuff like that like i love the like sort of like if you you have this like cool, this really sick setup for this world where like basically ever there's like no like biological human like anyone who's like a full biological human like basically everyone has like some kind of like cyborg modification um and so like it's it's cool that like it's constantly changed like they, they constantly change like that um and like alita in in volume three like just like just t- gets rid of one of gets rid of the body that uh Ido g- gives her when she's like no i need to reinvent i need to uh find myself and it's like literally like oh, i gotta find new bo- new body <laughs> fuck this body mm-hmm. um which is uh i like that um and yeah i don't know i i i i think that all that stuff is like really well handled in in in, in here yeah, um, something that that kind of reminds me of is, and you won't, uh, you won't understand this yet, but you you will, John, uh, when you see Crimes of the Future. Uh huh. It uh, the the way that Alita handles like body modification, there's sort of a similar vibe with like instead of like cybernetics, like the way that Crimes of the Future uses surgery and like. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm, something I, to keep, so keep in mind once you movie. once you watch it because it's incredible. Um, but what about characters that you guys did not like? I mean, we already talked that's, about Yugo. That's uh, you know well, for me. I don't like Yugo, but I think he's a good character. I mean, I think he works as like I think he works at, in the as the function of the story that he is supposed to serve like he is the impetus for alita's character development in a way that you don't normally see with uh male love interests so um yeah i I find that uh interesting i don't i don't hate the fact that he's in the story uh i just don't enjoy him i'm glad when he dies yeah, I'm kind of. I'm glad when he dies, and I also think that like the way he dies is like really like cool and poetic, and like really like the the scene where it happens like looks so good. Like, yeah, you know, and, and it, it's it. believable that it would have an effect on Alita too. It's like her mm-hmm. in this new, like you know, remember he's gone. It's like her first love, and she's kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, he's kind of a, he's kind of a shit boy, but. Even his backstory, I think, is really compelling, though, because it's, like, it, he's basically, like, a perpetual 10-year-old in terms of how he acts in the story. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. just, like, it comes from, like, this sense of, like, he he, he was, like, raised by his older brother, mm-hmm. who he, like, idolized. Um, and the, the scenes were, like, the flashback scenes are, like, 
emblematic of like how much the sort of social collapse is like trickled down to like the family unit sort of collapsing and, and falling apart um and how like that has just led him to be permanently like kind of stunted um yeah i also i mean like it's cool that he like gets his hand he he replaces his, he sees his brother's hand on sale one day and is like oh shit cut mine off and, and put his on there so yo trade 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 yeah and like and his and his brother's whole thing is that he's fascinated i mean i'm sure like a lot of people in the town are fascinated with you know getting up and seeing and getting seeing Zalem and he's like I'm gonna build a hot air balloon and it like it starts off and it's so cute and you know it's gonna go bad because you're ready in the future and you're like this kid's stealing spines like what? how did he get there? something went wrong why are you doing that uh and then you know he just carries on his brother's things with this with the same hands that his brother does it's like wow mm-hmm. neat 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 um, it's again another yeah. example of this book just never using subtext love it which I think is fine oh I yeah yeah, Anyways. I'm not a fan of Mr. Daisuke Ito. I think I liked him best in Volume One, and then as it goes on, it's just like I. The problem is, is that I feel like there's a lot of inconsistency with Ito's character. I one of my discussion questions I have on here is about like the fan service, and uh, one of the like permutations of that is like there are some overtones in the beginning of like possibly like uh, there being something sort of like romantic with uh ito and alita and i think something that uh the live action movie did very well was uh steer very clear of that and lean much more heavily into the father-daughter relationship which works a lot better for them uh, but I think yeah, like think about it, she's actually uh, three, like three thousand years old, Emily. So, uh... but I just think that like it's not even like not even just on like a whether or not it's inappropriate level, like for her age or whatever. I know you're just being you know silly, but uh, like the thing is, is like it it is weird to go back and forth between what is clearly like sort of a father daughter relationship versus like maybe there is some sort of like romance it's romantic subtext he, there he's one of the rare characters that it feels like it is two different writers writing them like it feels like yeah. it's like oh like oh this is like a james tinian batman and this is like a scott labdell batman like yeah. that's why he's you know i, I feel doing like what he's doing I feel like they end up kind of ironing it out a little bit, but not like, you know, I would have to keep reading to see how that goes, I guess. But, uh, but like, I, I found it, I find it very weird and, uh, like off putting in the beginning of the story. And I kind of just choose to ignore it. I, I like Ito as a character and I just kind of pretend that the, that like, if, uh, the, if the mangaka was going to go back and like redo volumes like one, two, and three, like he might take out the, he might do as the movie did and lean more into like the familial relationship versus like the mm-hmm. other thing. Yeah. And, and it was kind of weird. I thought even with like the, is it, is it blast ball? Is that the sport? Or am I thinking of something else? Motorball. Motorball. I read it, I think. Uh, yeah, like even then, where he's like, "I have to, we have to destroy Alita so she comes back to me," and it's like, "Oh, I don't know, man." Like, it's just like, I feel like throughout, he's like, he's got some very cool moments, like when he's like just murking guys in the streets. I like his like, uh, rock climber. 
his rocket hammer, his like his, his like hat, and his like you know his his, his trench coat and everything. Mm-hmm. Like he's super cool, and then I just think like sometimes he's just he's just like it's like it's not he doesn't think, and when he does think, it's like oh why are you thinking like that? So yeah. it's also like it's it's weird that like when you get into volumes three and four, where like I mean. Jushugan is, like, the villain, but really, Ito, like, sort of takes a villain turn in 3 and 4. Like, he's kind of the mastermind behind... He's the he's the brains behind the brawn. Um, that he's still played as, like, a comedic relief character, which is... Which he is played that way in, like, volumes 1 and 2 as well. So, like, it's consistent with his characterization. But, like, th- there's a, a degree of, like of like how of how sinister he sort of becomes that the the book never like fully engages with yeah um and like this book constant this book constantly like turns characters into the joker um and oh my god he what's his name has a full-on actual haha joker moment uh yeah 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 hugo just like does just become the joker at one point like when he realizes that he can't actually get to zalan he like he, it it, it jokerifies him. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's because they live in a society. They do well. Well, they don't live in a society, and that's really what what Joker. That's even does. worse. Well, the exactly. Joker too. Well, you yeah. got what you wish for. <laughs> wow. um, but then Ito gets Jokerified, and they even have like a Harley Quinn style sidekick for him with Jashugan's younger sister, um, which also like constantly walks the line between like. What what what's what what are we doing here? Yeah, I struggled to describe their relationship, which is why I think you kind of laughed when I described them as becoming friends. Yeah, I, I at the beginning it seemed like it was. I mean, throughout it does, but like, like I, I'm still not sure if it, they're like there's like a sexual thing going on. Do they a, after yeah, reading you, four volumes? You've read past volume four. Do they like get together or? Not really. No. Okay. It's. it's mm. it, it doesn't really happen. I just, but the, the, definitely like the first scene when she shows up, it definitely reads like she's a prostitute trying to, trying to pick up a client. Like that's, that was like my read on that. I was like, this is No, really I don't think weird. you're, I don't think and you're then, wrong. But, and I think it's like one of those things that like the book does play with that a lot of like writing things in a certain way and like building up this expectation that like something that you would think is bad is about to happen and then pulling back from it. I mean, that's the mm-hmm. whole, you know, twist at the beginning yeah. with like the book, like wants you to think that he's going out and killing all these women, mm-hmm. but he's actually hunting the, the person who's killing them. And then I think mm-hmm. it sort of wants you to think that he's, you know, tr- like that's the, that's the weird thing with, that's the weird thing is like, I think there is like a certain degree of intent behind like the way that the, like, I don't want to say sexual tension, but the way that it seems like Ito is pursuing Alita in some scenes or in some of his monologues is like the book kind of like wants you to think that's what's happening because it thinks it's doing a cool setup that it can then like, you know, subvert or, or like laugh at the audience a little bit for, for thinking that later on. But I'm not <laughs> sure it's like totally successful 100% of the time and yeah, in how those scenes are written. Because sometimes they just come across as being like, they just come. Yeah. They just seem like they break character some some of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that, that's definitely my biggest complaint with the first four volumes. Uh, yeah, I don't disagree. He is uh, kind of inconsistent in a way. Um, that... I don't even mind that like he has like a he has that real revelation in the in volume one, and then like when Alita abandons him, like 
he becomes the Joker, like, after that. Like, I think that, like, that twist is fine. Like, the the way the story goes in that sense of, like, he he's willing to, like, acknowledge her humanity and autonomy. And then, like, when she abandons him, basically, like, it, it, it gets flipped on its head. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, that I don't think is necessarily inconsistent. It's it's more what Emily was talking about. With well, the, and, that, uh, and that, like, reads like a parent-child relationship. Like, you know, where, yeah. like, hey, the, the kids leave in the house, live in their own life. And it's like, you want them to do that. But then as soon as they do that, it hurts, right? Like, it's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially when they just, it's, you know, they just they just leave without telling anyone, you know. It's like, she just fell off the face of the earth, basically. Yeah. Did they know that Hugo died? Did he know? Um... Uh, it, it's implied that he does because at the beginning of volume three, there's a bit of monologue about how like ever since Hugo died, I haven't seen Alita or like something to that yeah. effect of like, and that kind of makes sense. I th- like, I think you can not really blame a leader for that then as a parent, but again, I'm not, sure. I'm not in this world. I'm sitting in my basement in Canada. So, <laughs> you know, there's no children upstairs, secret children upstairs. Also, oh, my cousin's here. I, um, having looked, I think it's, it's worth noting that it looks like uh, Battle Angel Alita may have been uh, Yuhito Kishiro's first, like, full series. Uh, like, he hmm. he did some uh, short stories, but, like, it looks like Battle Angel Alita is, like, the longest running, like, narrative that he had done up until that point. So that probably explains some of the some of the pacing issues and some of the character inconsistency because like going from writing short stories to writing a serial story or uh it's a, a pretty big jump but yeah writing something long form can be you know it's a mm-hmm. big adaptation to make for sure and i think kind of uh it's a testament to how good the manga is that like it still manages to be really good oh, even yeah. like when it has these issues. Right, yeah. He both writes and draws it, right? Like he does. Yeah, that's normally everything. how it that's normally how it works. Sometimes uh Magaka will have like a like an assistant that helps with like backgrounds or, you know, doing shading and stuff like that. But uh It's not yeah. it's not like American comics where No. No, it's not split the way American comics are usually. Yeah, I, and I mean it it's a it is a for the most part a gorgeous book. It I will say, like, the speed lines are really dizzying sometimes. Um, like, yeah. I mean, there, and there are speed lines in American comics, and I don't like them in American comics either. Uh, like There's when, a lot more in this. Well, I mean, yeah. like, what is... Alex, what was the artist on the New 52 Flash run? Um, uh, Manifold. Didn't Brett Booth do some of it? Uh, Teen Titans. Oh, Teen Titans, okay. Oh, so that is what I'm thinking of, because... Brett Booth like had a shit ton of speed lines on Kid Flash, and I hated that. Like I hated. I mean, if you're gonna have speed lines in a comic, it might as well be a Flash comic. Put it on Robin. (laughs) Give Robin some speed lines, but I just I I I generally just don't like them. But I felt like they're like in the motorball scenes, especially. It felt like they were actually like useful here. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I. Action scenes are hard to follow, though. Yeah, I was going to ask 100%. Uh, if you guys had trouble following some of the action scenes. I actually didn't think that they were that bad, but... Uh, they get better, that's for yeah. sure. Like, the motorball scenes are way easier to... Even though there's, like, more going on, mm-hmm. I found most of the motorball scenes way easier to follow than, like, the the Macabre's fights and or the, mm-hmm. the, ball, the bar fight in Volumes 1 and 2, which I think yeah. part of that is just, like... 
and I mean, I talked about how I, I, I was fine with this trade-off earlier, but part of it is just that there's no background, so there's really no sense of, like, the physical space where these fights are taking place in. And, and so it's like hard to... Un... No, that's not, like, that's not uncommon for manga to kind of, like, yeah. be a little light on backgrounds, because you're yeah. supposed to kind of know where the characters are. No, yeah. for sure. It's just that it not it does like have the effect of like making things sometimes harder to follow especially in action sure. like in a lot of scenes it's totally fine yeah um like when it's just talking hence or whatever mm-hmm. um but it's like one of those things where like if you can't like place where people are in like a physical space mm-hmm. yeah it's like hard to tell like how certain things are able to happen yeah yeah and i i think at the same time there's like most fights have really good payoff and it, like you know especially in, in the in the arena and everything where like you know, by the time it reaches the end, it's worth it. But like, I feel like it does sometimes get lost in like the the beginning, and like it has to get to a part in the action, and it's just like, bah, 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 which yeah. felt a bit like thing. But it was, always, it was it was always satisfying by the end. So yeah, that fight in the warehouse at the beginning of Volume Two, especially like I had to go back and read it like two or three times mm-hmm. the first time I yeah. went through this to like really get a sense for what actually happened although part of that is because the first time they used the phrase werewolf pill and i was just like i had tears in my eyes laughing at the <laughs> idea of taking the word like on i just like to, and it's because like this is like one of the weird things about how like language has changed in like the 30 years since this was published that now when you're like oh yeah he's werewolf pilled like that has a specific connotation now whereas yeah. back then it's just like oh he just took a pill that turned him into a werewolf like it, it's like a normal thing it's like more normal to say yeah, yeah. now when you say something like that it's like uh, it's like oh okay he's been I, werewolf pilled uh-oh i also got a chuckle out of the werewolf pill oh <laughs> uh, yeah but it, for the most part it's like a really well-drawn it's a really well-drawn book i mean there's so many times like there's so many great page flips like when you'll you'll mm-hmm. flip the page and it'll be a double page it'll go from like the like sort of no background sort of panels and you go to like a double page spread and it'll just be like striking and gorgeous so yeah the undercity is pr- pretty 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 from high up too they got some nice shots of that oh, yeah well yeah and that's like such a great part of like the sort of sequential art is the like the the sort of sense of awe that it gives you from the page turn it's good stuff mm-hmm. um what did you guys think about like there is fan service in this in this manga not like not like a lot of it, but there are like, you know, shots or like cover, like splash pages that feature Alita and like, you know, like her butt or whatever. Yeah, I think it was mostly like the splash pages or like the actual uh, sometimes issue, her page, issue covers. Sometimes her poses in fight scenes would be a little like, mm. uh, but yeah, it was mostly like in standalone images. But uh, I was just yeah. curious, like how you guys felt I noticed about... it more with with Shamira in, in the actual like manga and then like with Alita there were like a couple ones but it was a lot of it was like we'd get to the end of an issue and then they'd be like Alita and it's like okay that's kind of weird yeah. and it's like on to the next one yeah and honestly like that's not re- that's kind of uh that's pretty commonplace like you'll just be like reading the manga and then like the next splash page will come up and it's just like characters in a bikini for no reason like you know but uh I was, uh, you know, like I would kind of just roll my eyes uh, when that those kind of images would come up, but I didn't think it was too bad in comparison to like some of some other things that I have 
seen certainly other things that are more more famous for their fan service even relative to a lot of american comics there's not like american superhero comics there's like not that much fan service mm-hmm. in this. I, I at least i didn't think so like dead yeah. is catwoman number one <laughs> one of the best issues ever written <laughs> the masks stay on alex the masks <laughs> stay on uh. <laughs> um yeah i was i that, that the new 52 Catwoman outfit where like there was an editorial mandate that like her zipper always had to be zipped down like no matter what the context was like I don't know that was thanks that's, Eddie like, Berganza it's like, way worse than like any yeah god that's like way worse than anything here like I, I honestly like there were moments like where she was very clearly like in sexualized poses but it never it doesn't feel like the book is like constantly it, it weirdly doesn't seem like there's like a whole lot of male gaze going on in, yeah. in the book um and in large part because i think that like she does have like a, a female body but it's it's very clearly mechanical it's not mm-hmm. it's it, it doesn't really have like a lot of the trappings of um like a like an actual like human body um and so it's almost like inherently desexualized in a way. So it's it's almost like or, you like, don't I, I don't a robot. Right now on the podcast, come on, Tell Alex, us. you too. Got me. No, I I'm in a. I wouldn't be opposed to it, but like I just I just mean that like the there is there there is like an inherent desexualization to to, to that, right? Um, oh God, they heard about the robot. One sec. <laughs> For the record, just, I would. For the record, I would fuck a robot, depending on the robot. I, well, yeah, of course, you can fuck any robot. We gotta like get to know each other first. <laughs> you have to. You have to make as a sapiosexual. You have to make a connection uh, beforehand. <laughs> yes, of course. That's just the way I am. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so it's it's like it's almost weird seeing her in like sexualized poses like it's almost like like i i think there almost is there is like an 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 element of it and this this is sort of something that gets expounded upon in in later volumes is that it it doesn't like get that deep into like sexuality as much as like some other cyberpunk stuff does but there definitely is an element of it where with the context of some of the later volumes going back to some of the earlier poses like that there's like you you get that like they're in on the joke right like it's not it's mm-hmm. it, it it isn't. I mean, and obviously, like that that can be a cover for it. Like it, it could obviously just be that, like you know, sometimes you want to put a sexy lady in your book, and that's mostly fine, and in a lot of cases is mostly harmless. But uh, there is a there is like a there is a payoff. There is like some amount of payoff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, John, I'm. I'm actually very interested in the fact that you read all nine volumes. Like, did you, did yeah. you enjoy it? Yeah. It, it just like, in my opinion, it just does consistently get better. Um, like, like on a technical standpoint, I think the motorball arc is like the best arc in the book, but, or at least not the one that I had the most fun with. Um, but from a technical standpoint, like both from an art perspective, like it becomes, it, it, it consistently gets like more clear and better drawn over time and i think that 
there's like more of an of an active like engagement with some of the themes as it goes on and you start seeing that in volumes three and four but it's really like i would say like the last three volumes like seven eight and nine are the ones where it like really gets into some of that in you know a lot more depth um so i really like to, I, would, I would highly recommend like going through the like you know i mean maybe we do another show where we do the yeah i was gonna say maybe uh Maybe later down the line we can do another show and read uh, the rest of the nine volumes. Yeah, because I think it's. I do think it is. It, it continues to be very good and continues on the upward trajectory. Um, I, I I really really dug it. I mean, and I I was sort of expecting to like it because I that movie is near and dear to my heart, and so much of what I loved about the movie is here in the comics. Um, it's one of the few comic book adaptations that I think they actually did justice to in the screen adaptation. I would um, agree with that. Um, do you think that you have, you'll have any intention of reading? There's like a sequel series. Uh, I think there's a couple sequel series. Until you said that in the intro, I didn't know that those existed, but now that you said oh, that, interesting. I want to read them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just, I just looked it up on comiXology and just downloaded the, uh, the nine main volumes. So I didn't like, I didn't really do like that much digging, but I, yeah, I that's fair. Interested in, like, reading the rest of it. Yeah. There's, um, battle angel Alita last order and battle angel Alita Mars Chronicle. Oh, interesting. And actually I think Mars Chronicle may actually be ongoing. Interesting. Like it, it is listed as manga. it is Whoa. listed as uh having started in twenty fourteen and uh running to the present, it's at almost eight volume or it's at eight volumes. Holy shit, that is a lot. But I yeah, didn't realize there was so, that much more Lita, that's cool. But yeah, so um if you end up checking those out, you'll have to to let us know how it goes. Yeah. I will. Um for both of you, uh, you guys don't really have as much experience with manga as I do. How did this stack up with your previous experiences with manga? I know, uh, listeners, if you were not a fan of our previous podcast, uh, you won't have gotten to hear uh, where I forced uh, John Luke and Alex to read other manga, but... Um, I believe uh, the I made you guys read uh, Promise Neverland and Beastars and Doro Hidoro and yes. Princess Jellyfish. I think were the all of the ones that I got you guys to read. Considering I'm how long we did, uh, so that kind of counts. Yeah, yeah exactly, John. Wait, wait, what? What? <laughs> Last Airbender, the, perfect. Though. I read the Avatar, the Last Airbender comics, so that's like kind of the same. Thing. They're pretty good too. Jidlu and Yang. Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, you know got some good stuff you get there. But yeah, um, I know I know it's been a while, but like just to your recollection, how did this kind of like stack up in terms of like you know like art pacing, story quality, etc. It, it was nice to read it left to right. So. The best manga I've read ever. No, uh, but in in actuality, I also like the, uh, also like the the movie. I thought it was really good, so we're really excited to read this. And it was uh, four really good volumes that I'm like, I don't know why I haven't read past it. I guess I didn't want to accidentally talk too far on the show about it. Or I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, and then it's, it, the thing happened in like volume six, and Alita dies. And it's like what? It's crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it, and it might be my favorite manga I've read, other than the Yu Gi Oh, of course. Nice, so. of course. 
course. Uh, what yeah, it was nice to finally read a manga that was good. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I'm kidding. No, I mean, I, it's definitely, like, it's more the kind of thing that I'm into than the other stuff that, like, you had exposed me to previously. Extremely I mean, It's weird because, like, it feels in some ways very similar to Dora Hedoro. Um, or Dora Hedoro, or I don't know exactly where you're supposed to Maybe it's Dora Hedoro. Dora Hedoro. Um, which I didn't like. But this, this, like, is similar in some ways. I actually thought the art was, like, fairly similar. It has, like... The, like it's the same thing where it like has some like really striking like fully drawn like city pages a lot of lines a lot of lines yeah which this book has too like in, in yeah well, that's what i mean both of them have a lot of lines yeah yeah stylistically they seem very similar but i also think i said i liked the art of dora hedoro at the time you did like the style of dora hedoro just not anything else about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but this, I, I, I mean, I really like this. This is, like I said, it's, it really is way more like my speed. I mean, it's much more, I don't want to say it's like not for kids, but it, cause that, that's like demeaning to those others because like, there's plenty of good, like children's literature and like teen literature that is good. It's a little more tightly um, narrative focused. There's like basically yes. no filler. Yeah. yeah. It, well, yes, that definitely. Is. Also, like, I feel like, like four year olds shouldn't read this. Probably not. A little, no. little violent uh, for yeah. a four-year-old, I think. Five-year-old though. I would not recommend Dora Hidoro for a four-year-old either. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend B Stars to a four-year-old, but I wouldn't recommend B Stars to anyone. So. Ayo. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend B Stars to a four-year-old because there's um, animal nudity. There's Fair. animal nudity in everyday life. Damn. Not that's, that's not a good defense. <laughs> what do you mean? You can, all animals are nude. You just go outside. Just not anthropomorphic animal nudity. <laughs> I don't know. Kids watch Winnie the Pooh. Does Piglet Winnie the Pooh have Piglet ain't wearing any clothes? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, do we... Alex, you can edit that out if you want to. It was kind nope. Of... <laughs> no, leaving it in. <laughs> um, do we have any other things that we want to hit on before we, before we end out? Just John luke Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, was there anything else that you guys liked about this comic that we haven't talked about? Okay, really cool scene. Uh, that I just made a note of and it was when Zafal gives a thumbs down because like she has the ball and she's ahead of I'm Alita fucking obsessed and, then, with Zafal. and then stops and then like throws Alita the ball and then it goes thumbs down it's like the challenge that like Zafal is going to get that ball back and it's such a cool badass moment uh, that she that she has there uh, Zafal's the, the fucking best I just turned the page and Grace Jones is in my goddamn sci-fi manga <laughs> I actually totally forgot about her she rocks yeah, she doesn't get a lot, but she's, like, really good in all of the scenes that she's in, and, like, I would have liked to think that if they had gotten to make a sequel for the movie, that they would have included her. Yeah, that's probably my favorite, like, image from the series, where she's just like, I was like, oh, shit! So good. Uh, good, stuff, yeah. good shit. When did this uh, come out originally? 
Um, I just had the page pulled up. It was like 90s. 90 to 95, I think. Yeah, 90 to 95 is when uh, the original series ran. It's weird that it doesn't feel like of its time at all. Like almost in any way, right? It feels very timeless. Yeah. I I, I guess I I have a hard time saying that because like, I don't know like what the current trends in manga are. Like it could be that like, if I knew more about manga, this would feel more like dated mm-hmm. at this point. But... but like on an art style level, it's definitely like an older art style. But I don't feel like anything about like the the story or like anything feels particularly dated. I think sometimes you get those cyberpunk stories where like they're like this amazing technology, and like you know, twenty years later, it's already there and it's not so amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think yeah. because we spent so much time in the Undercity. Like all the time in the Undercity in the first four volumes, we don't like. I mean, I don't know if it you know gets there when you get up there and it's like a great place. <laughs> I'm sure there's some twists and turns up there, um, but it's just like very lo-fi, very low-tech that I think works for it. Mm-hmm. It's like my favorite, like, or one of my favorite brands of sci-fi. The like everything is just like fucked up and like doesn't really work. It's like futuristic, but like doesn't really work very well. It's, it's not really yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Everyone has robots, but the robots are like assholes. So it's like, yeah. Fuck. Like, it's like Chappie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fucking dick. Uh, do you hear that sound? That's the doomsday clock saying that it's time for our first ever cry space. Woo! This is the part of the show where we highlight one thing that made us cry this week. So, um, John, what's something that made you cry? Dude, it ha- I didn't have anything prepared. And then this morning, I'm getting out of my... I parked my car, and I'm getting out to go into the office. And I'm checking my email just before I go into the office. Because, you know, in case I got an email, like, in the morning, I want to see it before I go in. So if someone's like, did you see my email? I'd be like, yeah, I saw it. Totally. Yeah, of course. I loved it. Great email. Uh, email. <laughs> Great job. Uh, but I, I opened my personal email first on my phone, and I saw something that had just come in. Uh, announcing the return of Movie Pass. Oh, um, I saw your tweet about this. And then, okay, that's good. And, and so it started off as like being exciting. I'm oh shit, Movie Pass is back, oh, and yeah. I had like a really like hype, you know, cup first moment. And then I started reading the email, and it devolved into what sounds like more or less is just a pyramid scheme. Oh um, no! <laughs> so the email goes like it starts off like you all love Movie Pass, right? We love MoviePass, too, and we're happy to bring it back. Um, I was one of the people who was involved in the company originally, uh, and due to mismanagement by other people in the company, it went under. And so I bought it back. Um, You can now sign up for a wait list uh, so that you can get MoviePass uh, on Labor Day. Um, But but being on the wait list doesn't guarantee anything, not only because you might not, like, you know, be high up enough on the wait list, but because they're going to use the wait list to determine which, like the people who sign up for the wait list to determine which markets to open in. Um, so if enough okay. people in your city, if enough people in your city <laughs> are on the wait list, then okay, all of your family and all of your friends to sign up, you might enjoy movies. Oh, oh, again. oh. but it's not even getting them to sign up. If yours, if your market is one that it, it opens in and you get selected, you get 10 uh, member invites for 10 of your friends and family. 
And the so only I, you need to pay for ten subscriptions. And the only way to get Movie Pass after the or the new Movie Pass after the waitlist period is to receive an invite from somebody else. Holy shit! It's like those dating apps. Oh my god. <laughs> so it it just re- progressively seemed more and more like a pyramid scheme. Um, but anyway, the waitlist opens uh, in two days, and I will be uh, getting my name on it. Is it, it? It's they're not charging you to get your name in the waitlist, though, right? No, no, they're no, not like ten dollars gets you a spot, or no, does it's, it? It's free to get on the waitlist. <laughs> okay, um, if you want me to get on it too and fake some credentials that I'm in your area, I'll do that for you, Jean Luc. <laughs> uh, but you don't have to say your area because you know the problem is is that earlier. the area that I'm in, I desperately hope I'm not in, and like three months <laughs> so i i'm like torn on that it's like i got movie pass but at what cost and like everyone's happy yeah. where you're at now <laughs> what did it cost yeah. wow so that was the, I, the, the 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 swing of emotions reading that email this morning really uh so really... not to invalidate your feelings but i wish i had that I wish I got that email because in Canada, what they have, it's like you're paying twenty dollars a month, you get two movie tickets, oh my and God. and twenty percent off concessions for the whole month, and it's like, uh huh. That's horrible. I mean, even the AMC subscription I have is it's it's twenty five, but it's like three movies a week at AMC's, and it's anything. I feel like you wouldn't. I mean, past you would definitely watch more than that, but I feel like for current you, that's. Fine. Current me, yeah, past me could see a movie every day. Current me with a full-time job uh, does not have time to see, most of the time, even three movies a week. Damn. But if uh, if Movie Pass comes through, are you going to cancel uh, AMC? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll keep them both for a month just to see, because, like, when Movie Pass died, it had, like, all those, like, weird outages, so I, I'll need to see if it's, like, consistent, if it'll work at all the theaters. But, yeah, if it ends up working everywhere i'll just cancel the amc one although canceling the amc one sucks because they don't let you sign up for six months after you cancel it wow <laughs> that's so stupid I, I know this because i did cancel it once it back in march or back during in march when they reinstated payments for it because they paused it during covid yeah. um, and i would like went to reinstate it in like july and i couldn't so <laughs> It's oh. it's like a, it's like part of it is like they don't want your money and part of it is like they don't want you to cancel it and it's like a fear tactic which is kind of yeah. like hold on so then I started paying for the Regal subscription which is cheaper but worse so. <laughs> nice I'm going back to AMC now <laughs> damn as long as you're still paying for your Funko Box subscription AMC theaters are are nicer in my experience sure. I have to say also, I went to an Alamo for the first time, an Alamo Draft House. Mm-hmm. That is the shittiest movie experience you could possibly have. I've never been to Why one. would you want I, I, I like why would you want like to see like waiters and waitresses scurrying back and forth delivering people food during the movie? And people were like ordering drinks and food like halfway and it was I it was for a movie that I saw a movie that was really bad, so I don't blame them for like needing a distraction. But yeah. like <laughs> Jesus Christ, it was so annoying. We have a thing called like VIP cinemas here, and it's like you can order, but like once the movie's like, like you can't order five minutes before the movie, and then like some people might come in, but it's dark and they like they know where your seat is, and it's like not 
you know, they're not coming halfway through the movie to give you a beer. And there's uh, like a huge like table in front of in front of all the seats that like you can't like relax. You can't like put your it sucked. I'm never going back to an Alamo draft house. You live and you learn. Yeah. Uh Alex, what made you cry? That was a really good cry space. Uh it's Overwatch related. So very sad. Uh anyway, long story short, the Toronto Overwatch League team is finally doing well and they're having their uh they're they're having a tournament in Toronto. I'm going to it. Uh, but it looks like the league's not going to be around for much longer, judging by like the way that teams are like dumping all of their rosters, getting rid of like, you know, investments in it. So it's like the, the team's good in Toronto, but at what cost right now? So, yeah. Um, yeah. Unfortunately. But it's cool. It's a fun ride. Hopefully they win before it goes under. Um, My cry space. For- and my cat died. Sorry. Oh, yeah, of course. How is uh how is Pesto? Pesto's very cute. Very fast. He's, and very alive. He's very cute. You, you <laughs> should send us good. more you should send us more pesto pics. Can do. Uh my cry space for this episode is that I had a doctor's appointment yesterday and it was I had to wait for almost two hours before I was actually called back. Oh. It was, and my phone was by like hour by about an hour 45 my phone was at about 10 percent so yeah, i don't uh, understand why you canceled your stream yesterday that's yeah it was, it was uh it was truly uh stressful and yeah. taxing and so Jeez. i needed the personal time to uh take off from my stream and play fall guys with alex <laughs> yay which was we did so uh, well. <laughs> extremely fun. It was really good. Uh, great time. Yeah. I was also there. So that was like the opposite of a cry space. Sure. Yeah, you were there. Chad. Chad was there. But John Luke, you don't get called out until you start playing. He sounded so. like this. Shut the fuck up, John Luke. <laughs> yes, yeah, he often does. Uh, maybe that is, one. That is his voice. Maybe one day, uh, John Luke will play Fall Guys with us. That's my forever cry space: is that John Luke has not played Fall Guys with us. I think he hasn't downloaded. So I, yeah, I but he hasn't played it with us yet. He hasn't played it with true. us yet. Maybe he hasn't played with you, Emily. Alex, are you holding out on me? No, I've only ever played Fall Guys with you, Emily. Okay, good. And my friend <laughs> Igor once. <laughs> friend Igor once. But I'm his best man, so. Oh, I, I, understand. I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess that's um that's the end of the episode. Um, if you would like to follow this show on Twitter, you can do that at Crying Book Club. And if you could give us a five star rating and review on uh, your podcast platform of choice, we will read your review on the air. So if you do that, you'll get to hear us say the things I- that you said. And say your name, maybe. This would involve me looking at the reviews. I could go look. Which I'm not... I think I can do, but I don't know how. <laughs> uh, and, uh, John Luke, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can follow me on Letterboxd, which is JLBotsville. Um, my Twitter account is... Well, you can follow me at Mountain Dew Liker. Or you can request to follow me. I'm yeah, you're locked, locked right now. I'm always well. I might. I, I unlocked rec- the other day, but I might just go back to being perma locked. I unlocked because I wanted to yell at somebody, and they're 
replies, and I wanted them to maybe see it because I was trying to be mean. Uh, <laughs> Good use of your time. But yeah, yeah, getting mad at you know random blue checks on Twitter. Um, so yeah, that's that's me. There's uh, nowhere else to find me online. Alex, where can you be found? Should you wish? So Chad, to- Chad tweeted yesterday something about Sisyphus and like <laughs> Sisyphus and like fisting, and I liked the tweet, and then I realized that like a lot of people at work follow me, so then I unliked the tweet. And you know what? You don't. But then you felt bad about unliking Chad's tweet, so you liked it again. So I retweeted it. Then I unretweeted it. It was. It was. It was. I was up late last night after I went to bed. (laughs) Which sounds strange, but yeah. Don't find me online. Okay. Find your find yourself online. Uh, If you want to find me online, you can do that at Twitter at impandanata or uh, Letterboxd or Twitch at Pandabore. I am still playing the Ace Attorney games. As of recording, I'm almost done with the first game and I'm pretty excited about that. And you can also check me out on other podcasts such as Imagine Me and Utena, The Fresh Podcast Market, and That Looks Terrible. And if you would like to get in contact with us, you can add us on Twitter or you could email us at cryingbookclub.com where you can... Uh, cryingbookclub.gmail.com. Uh, yes, that's what I meant. Cryingbookclub.gmail.com. <laughs> I've said a lot of words tonight. Uh, yeah. And you can send us your suggestions for things that you think we should read or you can ask us questions, give us feedback. Send us pictures of your cats. We'll take it all. You should send us pictures of cats. Definitely send us pictures of cats. They don't even have to be your cats. They can just be anybody's no. cats. But you, but you have to take the pictures. But you have to take the picture. That's very Good luck. Um, so that's that's us this week. Um, it would be a good time to transition to be like, oh, and you can send us questions about the book that we're doing next week. But that oh. episode's already been recorded. Yeah. So, <laughs> can't do that. Questions. They just weren't good. Sorry, guys. You can't send us we record two ahead in advance for that to be a segment of yeah. the show. I don't yeah. think you it is kind of cool. You can send questions about Superman's secret identity to cryingbookclub at gmail.com. They um, just won't get read on the episode. It'll be on the next episode. Yeah, that's what we do. We like we we look back at the beginning. That's what we're gonna start doing. It's good. Also, we're recording this episode so far ahead of time that uh, it just dropped that Alita Battle Angel is getting a sequel. Uh, but Zack Snyder is directing it. So no! you win some. I would still watch it.